Hello and welcome back to The Perfect Score. I'm your host Sandy Riley and today's episode will be on one of J.S. Bach's most famous works, the Bach Concerto for Two Violins, or it is often referred to as the Bach Double. This is a very famous piece that is popular all across the world, and the first movement is something every student violinist learns. It's in the Suzuki repertoire, and they practice it every day. And I also had the privilege of playing it in a workshop with Angus Ramsey of the Scottish Opera Orchestra. So first some basics about the piece. It's from the late Baroque era, and Bach wrote it around 1730. And around this time he was focusing on works for solo violin, and also the Brandenburg concertos. It's arranged for two solo violins and a string ensemble, consisting of violins, violas, and basso continuo. It's the only concerto Bach wrote for two violins. Bach wrote this concerto in the style of his predecessor, Vivaldi. The piece had three movements. The first is vivace, very fast and lively. The second, largo ma non tanto, which means slowly but not too much. And the third, allegro, or fast. So let's talk about the very famous first movement. So it's written in D minor and has something called ritornello form. Ritornello means little return, and it means there is a recurring passage of music with contrasting episodes interspersed. It was used a lot in Baroque music, and here's me playing the recurring passage. This piece is also in the style of a fugue. A fugue is when the main musical theme is imitated in two or more voices, in overlapping counterpoint, or repeatedly at different pitches. It makes sense to use a fugal style when you have a piece for two soloists, because they are constantly playing off each other. So here's a recording of my sister and me playing a passage that shows this fugal style. I encourage you to listen to a complete recording, which I can't play here for its reasons, but you'll hear how the tutti sections, meaning when the whole orchestra plays, alternate with the two soloists to advance their turning theme. The movement ends with a Picardy cadence, which means that even though the piece is in D minor, the final chord is D major, which you get by raising the third note in the scale one semitone. Bach liked to do this often, after a piece in minor key. The major chord gives a nice sense of resolution and a bit of surprise. So now onto the second movement. This is in the contrasting key of F major, and this was in a time before people thought of minor keys being sad and major keys being happy. The first movement is lively and energetic and in D minor, and the second movement is in F major, and is quite slow, sad, and lyrical. It's in 12-8 time, which gives it a gentle rocking feel. It also has a fugal style where the introductory theme is repeated and overlapped again and again. 
However, as was typical for a slow movement, the orchestra is very much just the accompaniment in this movement. The final allegro movement is also written in ritornello fugal style, but there's not a clear distinction between the tutti and solo parts. It's an exciting, relentless, virtuosic movement. The two soloists take a central role throughout the entire movement, with the orchestra giving a harmonic foundation, providing the structure and counterpoint. So we're back in D minor, and the movement and the entire work ends with a D minor harmony rather than the raised third of the first movement. So why is this piece so popular? Complex polyphonic Brock music should be hard to grasp, especially in the contrast to the simple elegant lines of classical tunes. But Bach was a genius at creating music that sounds fresh and new and unexpected, but that still makes perfect sense and resolves beautifully in our brains. After all, as I mentioned in my episode on La Folia, so much of what we enjoy comes down to expectations and what our minds are prepared to manage and process. Bach's music, and this piece in particular, is beautiful and complex and exciting, but it also just makes perfect sense. The Bach double is a beloved crowd-pleaser, and it's fun to watch the conversation play out so perfectly between the two instruments. It's always a fun way to get two virtuoso violinists together for something memorable. From Eugene Isai and Fritz Kreisler in 1905 to Itzhak Perlman and Isaac Stern in 1980. And of course, there's my sister India and me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and make sure to visit my Instagram at perfectscorepodcast and also visit my website at perfectscore.fm. Thank you.